the undraftedfreeagent.com mid-major podcast with your host, Chris McKee. There's Samuel with the steal. Get your phones out. Tyree Samuel posterizes Alex Nawaga. Come on now. Lugans. Dort. Oh, my. Brzdikas with another steal. Spots up for three this time and drains it. Ignis Brzdikas. Electric first step. Blows by everyone. Kobe Elvis. He's got them all shook up. Keyshawn for three. And there it is. Keyshawn Bartholomew. You don't want to let him heat up. All day, Kyler Filowich. They can't stop him. Moncrief! Sneaks in the back door, hammers it down. Matthew Alexander Moncrief. Ooh! Welcome on DraftedFreeAgent.com, the major podcast. I'm your host, Chris McKee. Special March Madness edition. We have a number of teams who've already clinched their spot in the NCAA tournament. I'm going to break down all the mid-majors to try and help you understand who these guys are, who their key players are, and what are their chances of making a run and being this year's Oral Roberts or perhaps Loyola Chicago, who obviously is in this group of teams. So I wanted to start with the Chattanooga Mocs, the SoCon champ. For anyone who saw this, this is the shot of the year. David Jean-Baptiste, ridiculous three-pointer from just inside the half with a second left to go, puts it up, and then at the buzzer wins. And so here's the audio of David Jean-Baptiste from the Chattanooga radio call. Check this out. David Jean-Baptiste drives, goes up, three-pointer on the way. God, he hit it! David Jean-Baptiste, three at the buzzer. Bucks win it! So for those who watch the game, I mean, the energy in this game, unbelievable back and forth. You really got to feel for Furman. You know, you're just over a second away, one second from the NCAA tournament. And now you're not in because David Jean-Baptiste does this. So for those unfamiliar, Baptiste, six-year guy, he signed with Chattanooga back in 2016. Um, redshirted the first year. He's been an all-SOCON guy over the past couple of years. And yeah, six years. So you're looking 24, 25-year-old player. That's going to come in handy, certainly, in the tournament. I can imagine the mocks, you know, 27-7. and seven. This is a team that's probably going to be a 13 or 14 seed, more than likely a 14 seed, going through some of their key non-conference wins. So they beat a decent VCU team back on November 20th and also a pretty good Middle Tennessee team back on December 22nd. And aside from that, not much else in the way of high major wins or any kind of luck. But, uh, you know, we talked about Baptiste, and you, you saw the shot, so you know this guy's range is from anywhere in the gym. And, uh, you know, if they have any hope in hell of getting through, you know, just get out there and chuck it up, put threes up. So head coach Lamont Paris has been there for a couple of years. They're also their leading scorer, Malachi Smith, 20.1 points per game. He's a 6'4 sophomore guard. Uh, started out at Wright State. And then transferred over a couple years ago. He's been with Chattanooga for a couple years. So those are some of the key guys you should be aware of heading into the tournament. I mean, I, I think they've had their magic moment. You know, I'd be shocked if they get another buzzer beater. I would think whoever they get matched up in the first round, they'll probably get whacked comfortably. But they've had their one shining moment and, uh, you know, shot of the year hands down. So then, of course, wanted to get into the Gonzaga Bulldogs, who, for those unfamiliar, are a mid-major. The West Coast Conference is a mid-major conference. The Zags, 26-3 and on the season. They're looking like they're going to be the number one overall seed from some of the reports. I'm seeing they beat St. Mary's last night, 82-69. It was really comfortable. I mean, the, the lead was 20 and change for a while, and then, you know, they put the kids in, and then St. Mary's closed it late. But uh, the Zags then, you know, came into that second year and put it away. 
So for those unfamiliar, some of the key guys on Gonzaga, you need to be aware of Drew Timmy, the West Coast Conference Player of the Year, 6'10 forward out of Texas, thought about going to the NBA last year, came back wisely, and uh, is going to put himself in a position to get maybe a late first uh, or second round pick. So he leads Gonzaga with 17.5 points per game, 6.3 rebounds. He's certainly in contention to be the college player of the year. He's as good a college basketball player as you'll see. I've compared him to Christian Leitner. Um, you know, he's he's his game is almost identical. He's a clone of it. I wrote an article on undraftedfreeagent.com last year just talking about how, you know, Timmy is a clone of Leitner. And I think him coming back allows him to be in that mentioned in that category with Leitner because if he can get the national championship this year, which I still believe Gonzaga is capable of, even though you know, them losing to St. Mary's last week before the conference tournament has punched a little bit of, uh, you know, holes in my faith, but uh, I still think they will get it done. Some of the other guys on Gonzaga you need to be aware of, Chet Holmgren, seven foot, seven foot one, true freshman, McDonald's All-American, the number one recruit coming out of high school last year, could have went, you know, Duke, Kentucky, you name it, chose to go play with Mark Few at Gonzaga. He's from Minnesota. He's from the same high school as Jalen Suggs, who number five pick in the NBA draft this past year by Orlando. So there's your connection. You know, he saw what happened with Jalen and the coaching he received and thought, well, you know, I don't think it's going to hurt my chances of getting to the NBA if I go play for Gonzaga. He's been outstanding this year. You know, started at the beginning of the year, he was good. Now he's great. Uh, you could argue he might be the best player in college basketball right now. And I think March Madness, for those unfamiliar with Chet, will be his coming out party. So 14.2 points per game, 9.6 rebounds. Um, for a seven guy, seven foot one guy, whatever, he can shoot the three. That's his main thing. He's outstanding. If you haven't seen him, you know, strap yourself in. He's he's much watched TV. Also, Julian Strother. So he's a bit of the X factor. He's not even considered one of the stars on the team. He's a guy last year that barely played a lick and now has developed into one of the key players on the Zags, 12.3 points per game. What it is is he gets the open looks. Obviously, Drew Timmy might get double teamed, Chad Holmgren, Andrew Nemhart who is the superstar guard, 11.7 points per game, 165 assists, you know, first team all-conference guy. Uh, you know, Andrew is a Canadian from Aurora. I've talked about it a hundred times here on this podcast. He's an NBA player. I, I've followed him. Andrew's career since he was about 18. I've interviewed him a number of times going back to the FIBA U18 championship that took place down in Niagara Falls and um, played a couple years at Florida. I wrote an article this past week on the website, undraftedfreeagent.com, calling him the best transfer ever in the history of college basketball. Now, anytime a guy transfers, you know, I think the coach and the player both envision things in their mind going the way it's gone for Nimhart. You know, with Gonzaga, you know, 31 and 0 last year before losing in the national championship game to Baylor, um, and now he's been handed the keys with Suggs and um, Joel Ayayi and these guys, Corey Kispert, gone to the NBA last year, and now he's, you know, him and Timmy, and they 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 are playing. They're just in unison. It's really beautiful basketball to watch. I called it very alluring. Some of the most alluring college basketball you will ever see. And yeah, I mean, I, I just think, you know, everyone who thinks when I transfer, that's how it's going to work out the way it worked out for an Emhart. Well, not quite so. And I think if Gonzaga does win the national championship, there will be no argument as to, you know, Nemhart being the best transfer in the history of college basketball because he's had such an impact and he's such an outstanding player. You will see him in the NBA next year. Another X factor for the Zags, Rasir Bolton, 11.2 points per game. This is a kid that transferred in this past year from Iowa State. He's played high major ball. He's a really good player. 
exciting team. I mean, the Zags go much deeper than this. I just kind of wanted to give you some of the, the key core guys, and uh, I believe they will be the NCAA champs. And here's head coach Mark Few after beating St. Mary's last night to win the West Coast Conference. That's what makes this one so sweet. That's a really, really good team we beat. And I'm really proud of our guys, especially how we responded, uh, you know, after losing the last one of the regular season. So uh, it's quite an accomplishment by this group to, uh, you know, to be able to go all the way through uh, a season like this uh, and end up, you know, with another number one seed. Uh, I know sometimes people expect that, but it just doesn't magically happen. There's so much work that puts, goes into it. Everybody's gunning for us. And uh, I think this is, uh, we did it in 17, <laughs> we did it in 19, uh, we did it in 20. We actually were in the NCAA tournament in, in uh, 20 as a number one seed. And then in, obviously in 21, now to do it in 22. I don't, I don't know how many programs in the history of college basketball have been able to do that. So these guys deserve all the credit for it. Uh, and I couldn't be prouder. So another team you've all become familiar with over the past couple of years, the Loyola Chicago Ramblers. They won the Missouri Valley Conference. Their head coach, Drew Valentine, is the older brother of Denzel Valentine, who's a former Michigan State star, who's played in the NBA. I think he's in G League right now, back and forth between the league, but really good player. So Loyola Chicago, 25-7 and this year. Some of their key out-of-conference wins against Vanderbilt, Arizona State. They were ranked in the AP Top 25 for a couple weeks, uh, probably about six, seven weeks ago. They look to be even an at-large shoe-in, and then kind of faltered. They lost three or four in a row in the MVC. I follow the MVC very closely. Every Monday morning, I'm on the Missouri Valley Coaches Conference call, so I, you know, I've chatted with Drew a number of times this year, Darian DeVries and Ben Jacobson, all the, uh, you know, the, the big head coaches in the MVC. I know the conference intimately. They're not as good as they have been in recent years. Now, this is Drew's first year as a head coach. He's 30 years old, young guy. He's an outstanding coach. This is a guy, I mean, you know, he's going to be at Loyola Chicago for, for many years, but I think, you know, you will see him maybe, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine years be one of those guys who's mentioned, you know, for the North Carolina gigs, the Dukes, the Kansases, that level of, of coaching. So Porter Moser, their coach who, you know, was behind their magical Final Four run in the Sweet 16 run last year. He left to go to Oklahoma, as well as seven-footer Cameron Krutwig, who's been the star and the key linchpin. Uh, he's overplaying pro in Europe right now. I thought he should have been the NBA, but alas, hopefully he'll get there at some point. But I think not so much the coaching change, but without Cameron Krutwig, they don't have the bailout. So uh, the Ramblers are all about shooting the three. They're as, they're as good as it comes in the country. They're really good, led by Lucas Williamson. He's a 6'4 guard. He's from the Chicago area. He's a local kid. And he thought about going to the NBA last year, tested draft waters, came back. He's going to get a look for sure. Uh, first team uh, all MVC, 14 points per game. I mean, Lucas Williamson is the star of Loyola Chicago, how he goes, the Ramblers go. Braden Norris, uh, junior guard, six-foot guy. He's another one of the guys that, that shoots the three for them, 10.3 points per game. However, I've you know I watch a ton of Loyola, um, especially this year, and I'm not sold on Norris. Yes, he can shoot the three, but every other part of his game, he's just had key turnovers in the MVC tournament late in the stretch. He's only six-foot tall. He's a defensive liability, so... Um, I, I'm not really sold on Braden Norris, but a guy that I am sold on, Ryan Schweiger, he just transferred in this past year to Loyola Chicago. He's from Princeton. He's an Ivy League guy, 9.2 points per game, and uh, that's one of the guys, I think, who has 
who has really excelled for the Ramblers this year and a guy to watch out for heading into March Madness. And so here's some comments from Drew Valentine after they won the Missouri Valley Conference just a couple days ago. So just proud to be these guys' coach. So proud to represent this program. This is what we came back to do. You know, we, uh, we put out a video in April that people could have probably taken and used as very motivational for throughout the whole year that said we're going to run it back, and that's what we did. And there's so much that goes into that, the, the self-doubt that might creep in, the, the hours, the sacrifices that you have to consciously make, the belief and trust that you have to have in your coaches and your teammates. There's so much that goes into running it back. But these guys, they believe and trust. They grinded. They worked so hard. And we came into this tournament as a four seed. You know, I don't care if we were favored to win it or not. We came into this tournament as a four seed. And for us to, to play the way that we did, for us to beat the teams the way that we did, uh, it was just really, really fun for me to see. And um, I love this group. I love them forever. They know that. And just uh, I'm really excited, man. I don't think we played great, but I'm not even going to worry about how we played for probably a couple days. So for anyone who's listened to this podcast knows I was on the Murray State bandwagon really early this year. They're the Ohio Valley Conference champs, 30-2. Their head coach, Matt McMahon, they went 18-0 in the Ohio Valley Conference. You know, that's like Belmont, Moorhead State, some really good teams. Um, they've got key non-conference wins over Memphis back on December 10th, as well as Chattanooga, December 18th. Hey, SoCon champs, not a power conference school, but still a damn good team. As uh, we talked about off the start there, their only losses this year, they lost to Auburn December 22nd, and then it was the third or fourth game of the year. They lost to East Tennessee State. Not a bad team back on November 22nd, but they haven't lost in the year 2022. You know, that game before Christmas where they lost to Auburn, their their last loss. Um, Murray State's going to the MVC next year, and I should have mentioned uh, Loyola Chicago. It's their last year in the MVC. They're going to the A-10, so a lot of movement. So Loyola Chicago out. Murray State will go in and take their spot. But uh, they're led by uh, Tevin Brown's junior guard, really a senior, you know, the COVID year, but 16.9 points per game, 39% from behind the arc. He is the all-time leader in three-pointers in the Ohio Valley Conference, just hit that mark earlier this year. I think he's an NBA player. He is outstanding. I love him. You can go listen to some of my previous pods. I've, you know, fawned over how good Tevin Brown is. He's going to get a shot in the league. Um, their point guard, Juice Hill, 13.2 points per game. And then they got the big guy down the middle, 6'10", junior forward, K.J. Williams, who led Murray State with 18.2 points per game. Beat a really tough Moorhead team in the OVC Championship. Outstanding game. Loved, uh, watched it. Shout out to Janai Broom, who just tried to put Moorhead State on his back and just couldn't quite do it. I think Janai is going to get a chance to play in the NBA, one of the Moorhead guys. But anyways, yeah, this is a team that is going to make a run. This is not a one-and-done team. I'm shocked. I think, I mean... You know, 30 and 2, you're probably going to see Murray State uh, as about a, a five seed. Um, so, you know, maybe they're, they're going to get upset by one of these other mid majors we talked about. But um, as good as team as you'll see in college basketball, I believe they're one of the 15 best teams in the country. Not 15 best mid majors, uh, 15 best teams in, in all of college basketball. And here's their head coach, Matt McMahon, after the uh, really just emotionally draining win over Moorhead State in the OVC championship. All right, what a special night. It's what March Madness is all about. Uh, unbelievable atmosphere. Uh, two elite teams. Uh, have a lot of respect for how tough and how hard and well-coached 
the Moorhead State team is. Uh, that was a just a war of a game. And uh, just so proud of our players, like they have all year long. They found found a way to win. And uh, you know, these three guys up here, uh, just unbelievable. Uh, all three have been in, incredibly special this year. Uh, I know we have more work to do and all that, but we're going to enjoy this one uh, tonight. And uh, really proud of our players, our team, uh, our fan base. That this was a special night. I know it's one we'll remember forever. So another mid-major, highly capable of going on a deep run this year. South Dakota State Jackrabbits, the Summit League champs. They won last night 75-69 over a really tough North Dakota State team. Watched the entire game. Really good game. Uh, they've won 21 games in a row. This is a team you don't want to run into. I mean, I got to think they're probably going to be, uh, you know, a 12 seed somewhere in that race. Some of the bracketology I've, I've seen, that's where they're going to be placed. Summit League champs. Uh, some of their key non-conference wins uh, against Stephen F. Austin. Hey, that's the Western Athletic Conference champs. Uh, Montana State they beat as well. Who are the Big Sky regular season champs? You know, they're playing, you know, obviously just Summit League. So that's Oral Roberts. I mean, we all know what Oral Roberts did out of that conference last year. Getting to this week 16 with Max Acemas and Kevin O'Banner and yeah, so this is a um, pretty good basketball team. Also, oh yeah, one of the wins you got to go back and look at. So they beat Washington State back on November 17th with a ridiculous buzzer beater three from Baylor Shireman. So Baylor's their star player. Now they have a number of stars, but he was the Summit League Player of the Year. He is a 6'6 sophomore guard from Aurora, Nebraska. I think this kid's an NBA player. He's long, lean. He's one of the best shooters in college basketball, 16.3 points per game. He's going to get a look at the NBA. Now, I worry about this kid maybe even leaving South Dakota State because I think you know the tournament could be his coming out party. He, he is unbelievable, man. So you got to check these guys out. Uh, they're going to make a deep run. Both them and Murray State, I believe, are capable of Sweet 16 and maybe more. So South Dakota State is the number one three-point shooting team in the country. It's not just one guy. They have a whole bunch. So you also need to be aware of Douglas Wilson. He's a 6'7 forward. He plays maybe like a, a small four or five sometimes, 16.3 uh, points per game. He, too, has been a conference player of the year in the Summit League, I believe, two years ago. I, I tweeted about this when I was watching the game live. And this just says, one, what kind of player Douglas Wilson is, and two, what, what kind of coach Eric Henderson is, their coach and their culture. So Wilson goes down, fadeaway jump shot, tough shot, um, but goes to the ground pretty hard. May have, you know, you could make an argument for a foul, but doesn't even look at the ref, hits the ground, gets up and sprints back full tilt and gets back and he's the first guy back on defense. And you're like, wow, like no emotion, no complaining to the ref, not even a look at the ref, didn't get the call and then just gets back on defense and was part of. Uh, contributing to a turnover and then transition South Dakota State gets down and scores. Now, it's such a non-play, but when you watch a ton of basketball and you see, Jesus Christ, they got guys doing that, that kind of dirt. Um, I don't think the moment's going to be too big for them. Yeah, just unbelievable. You know, Douglas Wilson, this is a guy, he had his two kids there after the game. So th these guys are men, man. They're not, they're not you know, young little punks who, who think they're, you know, hot stuff. These guys are really well coached. Uh, really, really talented and uh, outstanding. Now, speaking of you know, young punks, I wouldn't call them that, but uh, they're young guy. Zeke Mayo was a freshman 
Uh, he's a guard. He's from Lawrence, Kansas, and they were talking about him in the broadcast last night about, you know, because of all the COVID stuff and whatever, under-recruited. This guy's in Lawrence, Kansas. That's, you know, the home of the Kansas Jayhawks. Didn't even get a look. 9.5 points per game, and he's really coming on. He made a couple key shots late in the game over North Dakota State, and uh, he's a guy that you need to watch out for heading into the tournament. And then also Luke Apple. He's a 6'8 forward. Uh, he's a little undersized guy that plays the five for them at some point. But, you know, averaged about nine points a game all year. But then the last game of the season goes off for 41 points in an overtime win over Oral Roberts. And what this says is, like, you know, they've got some of the best shooting guards in the country. Number one three-point team in the country. But cool, you want to shut down our guards? We got a guy who's really talented that can play in the post and can beat guys one-on-one and certainly did so. And so 41 points, you know, that's it. You want to shut down Shireman and Wilson, these other guys? Cool, no problem. We'll just feed the big boy down underneath Luke Apple and can beat you that way. And so I interviewed their head coach, Eric Henderson, last week. You can go check out one of the previous episodes. It's like one of their, one or two before this. Anyways, really great guy. Love his energy. This is one of the most fun teams to watch. You're, you're going to enjoy watching them play. And uh, here's Eric Henderson's comments after beating North Dakota State last night to win the Summit League Championship. Number one, how about Jack Rabbit Nation? That, that atmosphere, the last two days, I know our players are so appreciative of all that support, and it's incredible. The energy that you gave us, it, you don't understand what that means to us. So, so number one, I got to give a shout out to Jack Rabbit Nation. And then, and then number two, um, th- these games are hard because somebody has to go home. And um, a good, fr- very, very good friend of mine's going home. Um, obviously, everybody knows the story. I got back into college coaching because of Dave Richmond, and I owe that man a lot. And I learned a lot from him. He does a hell of a job with his team. They play their tails off, and he does it the right way. And um, so I wanted to get those two things off first. Now, my guys, how about those guys? 21 in a row. 21 in a row. Think about that. How much pressure this team has had is incredible. And how they embrace and celebrate every single moment is what makes them special. They care about each other, they're selfless, and they celebrate each other's successes more team than anybody I've ever coached. And that's what makes them special. Obviously, they're talented, but I'm so dang proud of them. And we're happy to be dancing. So another team that got in almost by default, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on Jacksonville State. I have watched them play a couple times this year. Pretty decent team, 21-10. and 10. They're, the, they're the Atlantic Sun champs. Now, they got in by default because Bellarmine, they just transitioned from D2 two years ago. So this is only their second year at D1, and I believe it's four years before you're eligible to be in the NCAA tournament. The rule is BS. It's ridiculous. Either way, so Jacksonville State, who were the regular season champs uh, in the A-Sun, get in by default. So their head coach is Ray Harper. They have, I went through their schedule, zero non-conference wins of note. Didn't beat anyone. Well, their star player, guy you need to be aware of, Darian Adams, 15.6 points per game. He's a 6'3 senior guard, six-year guy. He spent four years at Troy. This is a guy that signed in 2016. Think about what you were doing in 2016. I know what I was doing. Um, And (laughs) this guy just signed to college, and it just seems like such a long time ago. But, um, I, I mean, Jacksonville is going to be a 15-16 seed. I don't see them having much of a chance to get through, you know, the first round. But um, either way, you know, they're, they're backing into the NCAA tournament, which, uh, look, 
it's not a bad team, but it's hard to kind of respect that when, when you get in by default when somebody actually won the conference tournament and not you. Either way, here's their head coach, Ray Harper, talking about getting into the tournament. Well, I'm excited for these guys. I mean, we, we put in a lot of hard work, and they deserve it. Um, you know, uh, 27 years of Division One basketball here, I think it is. Um, you know, in two NCAA tournaments here in the last six years. And, um, you know, I, I felt bad Saturday, and our assistant coaches and I talked about it today, and especially after the Bellarmine game of uh, what a change of emotions. But uh, we're excited, and I know our kids will be ready to – to get to work and try to get better over the next week. So another team, pretty cool story, Longwood. They win the Big South. It's the first time ever they're going to get into the NCAA tournament. They beat Winthrop. Their head coach is Griff Aldrich. You know, his story's making the rounds right now. He's a former lawyer. I heard him on the Jim Rome show this week. I'm a big Jim Rome guy. And uh, heard him telling his story where he wanted to get into coaching and, uh, you know, I forget who it was, um, someone that, you know, he was going to go be an assistant for said, look, go to law school. I know you've been accepted. This coaching thing is going to be here. Law school is not going to be there. So go get your law degree. And then if you wanted to get into coaching after, you know, come talk to me. So went and got his, uh, law degree and there he is. He was a part of the UMBC staff when they were the 16th seed and beat Virginia. And now the head coach at Longwood. Um, looked at their schedule, zero key out-of-conference wins, haven't beat anyone, and even the Big South, uh, certainly, you know, one of the low majors of, of the mid-majors, and this is, you know, Longwood certainly going to be a 16 seed, at best a 15, but one of the guys you need to be aware of on their team, Justin Hill, 14.2 points per game, he's a six-foot sophomore guard, as well as Isaiah Wilkins, 12.8 points per game, this is a guy that started out his first two years at Virginia Tech, 2018 to 20, was two years with them. Then went to Wake Forest for a year, and this last year has gone to Longwood. So they've got guys with you know high major talent, certainly at Longwood. Um, another guy, Deshaun Wade, twelve points per game. Started out his career at East Carolina. So they've got some you know above average talent. But I would be shocked as hell if Longwood got past anyone in the opening round of the tournament. But either way, here's their head coach, Griff Aldridge talking about what it means to get into the tournament. Yeah, I think uh, today was just a special, uh, I think a special performance um, by the Lancers. I thought there was a, um, a real commitment to executing on both ends, um, particularly on the defensive end. I thought, I thought they started out the game. Over the past couple of weeks, I think we've really taken a step um, <laughs> defensively where we understood that um, the key to our, our team is to be very strong defensively. And I think um, part of being very strong defensively is, is being extremely mentally tough and disciplined not to have mental lapses uh, on our principles. And I thought today, um, I, I can't even, I'm sure we had some, um, but I can't think of any. And. Uh, I just thought they made it really difficult for Winthrop uh, at the beginning of the uh, in the first half um, to to score, and then you know we we talk a lot about how things snowball. That if you execute on one end, you don't run over half court and magically um, stop executing. And if you're not executing, you don't magically run across half court and start being disciplined. And so I think that really helped uh, our offense. And so I think. Um, we obviously shot the ball very well uh, in the first half, particularly from three. Um, 
but at the same time, I thought they were good shots um, by our shooters, uh, most importantly. Um, and, uh, and I think just the discipline and the mental discipline and the mental uh, toughness uh, at the outset really, really helped set the tone. So now on to the winners of the Colonial, the CAA Delaware, 22-12. and 12, Their head coach is Martin Inglesby. Key out a conference win for them. They beat Appalachian State back on November 22nd. Pretty good team. I've watched them a number of times this year. Um, they are certainly capable of getting at least one win in the first round. This is probably going to be a 13 or 14 seed. Now, one guy you need to be aware of, and the name certainly should be familiar to real college basketball fans, Jameer Nelson Jr. So we all remember Jameer Nelson from St. Joe's back into the early 2000s. Led them on deep runs into the NCAA tournament and then played 14 years in the NBA. So he's the assistant GM of the Delaware G League team. So that's why his son, Jameer Nelson, is there. He's junior started out his career at George Washington, then transferred. So he leads Delaware with 13.7 points per game. He's a really good player. Um, you know, little guy like his dad, six, six foot, six one. But uh, he's electric, you know, can get the ball around, makes around everyone around him better, excuse me, and can shoot. So um, obviously he's got the pedigree, you know, his, his dad played in the league for, you know, 15 years almost. And so that's a guy you certainly want to check out and, you know, played in the A-10. So he's got probably a bit more talent than um, maybe some of the other guys in the CAA, but uh, just there out of, you know, his dad's working in that city. So why not? Another guy you need to know on Delaware, Dylan Painter. So this is a six-year guy, 6'10 forward, averaged 11.9 points per game, uh, signed in 2016, but from Villanova. So played a couple years for Jay Wright at Nova and has since transferred over. So you want to talk about guys with, you know, talent for the CAA. This is a guy that's a Nova guy, man. So he is pretty good. I've watched him quite a bit. Uh, you know, so that way if the three-point isn't working for Delaware, they've got the big man in the paint who can make things happen and, and who can also defend if, you know, they're going up one of these major conference teams that has a big guy that's dominant, i.e., let's say Kofi Coburn at Illinois. Well, Painter might be able to help neutralize that guy. Another guy, Ryan Allen, 6'2 guard, fifth-year guy, 11.8 points per game. He's been an all-league guy over the past couple years for Delaware. So certainly capable of getting one in the first round. Watch out for them. I couldn't find any audio of their head coaches, so is what it is. On to the Horizon League champs, Wright State, 21-13. and 13. They beat Northern Kentucky. It was last night. Watch that game as well. Northern Kentucky had the chance to beat them at the buzzer, but the shot rimmed out. So Wright State gets through. Again, if you look at their out-of-conference schedule, zero key wins, didn't really beat anyone, but the Horizon League, a tougher league than, you know, many think, and, uh, you know, to get through that, hey, you know, and again, Horizon League is one of those leagues that there's probably about five teams that could have won that conference getting going into the conference tournament, so they just got hot at the right time. Head coach Scott Nagy, so one of the guys you need to be aware of, Tanner Holder, leads the team with 19.8 points per game. He's a 6'6 junior guard. Grant Basile, 18.5 points per game, a 6'9 junior forward, first team All-Horizon League. He was really good throughout the conference tournament, especially in that final game. And Trey Calvin, 14.3 points per game, 6'0 senior guard. So Wright State, uh, you know, again, you're looking 15-16 seed here with these guys, maybe a 14 but uh, an emotional head coach, Scott Nagy, after them winning the Horizon League. Have a listen. Uh, I mean, obviously grateful and, and proud of, of not quitting because obviously it didn't look good. It didn't look good. Uh, and <clears throat> some sadness, if I were to be honest. Uh, you know, like my dad 
not being here, Grant's grandpa, you know, Tanner's grandpa, you know, people that we that were so uh AJ's dad, uh my my son's grandpa, um and and James's grandmother, you know, the people that were were so instrumental in our lives that that we didn't get to share this with <clears throat> in a physical sense. So there's just a, there's just a lot, a lot of emotions, uh, you know, and sometimes, sometimes, you know, the, the way I feel, God God gives you what you want. Sometimes He doesn't give you what you want, uh, but He's you know He He gives us what we need, and uh, you know I'm just grateful more than anything. That's that's where I am, and and just this uh, I tell players all the time. You hear. You get to these things, oh, so much adversity. You know, this team went through so much adversity, and and these guys, we love each other, and it's and that that stuff's that's easy. That stuff's easy to say after you've won. Uh, but I, I I watched these guys when we were two and seven, and what they went through, and uh, uh, they they were doing that then when we were two and seven. You know, it was just nobody was around for us to talk about it. So so on to the Northeast Conference champs, Bryant. So first of all, where is Bryant? I'll give you three seconds. Go. Well, it's in Rhode Island. Anyways, 22-9. and nine. Uh, Watch this game because they beat Wagner. And, you know, I interviewed Bashir Mason, the Wagner head coach, last week. You can go check out that pod, uh, one of the other previous episodes of the Mid-Major Podcast with your host, Chris McKean, me. Of course, hey, don't forget to check out our socials while I got you here. Drop us a follow on Twitter. Check out our Instagram, undrafted underscore FA, or hit me up on Twitter at Mr. McKee. But Wright State... They were favorites going in because they had the game. This isn't so the NEC, they didn't do the neutral conference site. So Bryant hosted the conference championship and it was a pretty hostile environment. There ended up being a huge fight in the stands, not with the players, but there was guys in the stands fighting. I think it was both sets of fans. And then one of the Wagner guys was trying to get into the stands to fight someone. It was ridiculous. He gets tossed, but this game was never a game. I love Wagner. I was kind of rooting for them to get in because it's a team I've been following all season since they beat Brian in an overtime game back in January. I watched the entire game. Really good team. But, um, yeah, so Brian, for those unfamiliar, are led by Peter Kiss. He's the number one scorer in all of college basketball. He's a 6'5 senior guard from New York City. He's a six-year guy. So he started out in 2016 at Pack, then transferred to Rutgers for three years. Spent three years in the Big Ten playing for Rutgers, and uh, he, he's he's got some swagger. This dude plays with a lot of confidence. Uh, Peter Kiss, you know, must watch basketball. They're fun to watch. Will Bryant, you know, have a shot to do anything in the tournament? I doubt it, but they certainly are fun to watch, um, and they ran over a pretty good Wagner team, so... Yeah, you never know. They might have a shot. But uh, no audio from any of their uh, players or head coach, Jared Grosso. So uh, we'll move on to the Sun Belt champs, Georgia State, 18-10. and 10. They beat Louisiana 80-71. Now, for those who've listened to this pod, I talked about how the Sun Belt, perhaps the most wide-open conference in all of college basketball, the parity in that conference is ridiculous. I said that's one of those teams where the eighth seed could probably go in and win the conference tournament, and Louisiana was the eighth seed, made it to the conference final, but Georgia State just edged them out, excuse me, 80-71. Watched a good chunk of that game as well last night. So Georgia State's head coach is Rob Lanier. Really good dude. I interviewed him last year on the pod, one of the first episodes of this podcast. So go back and check out episode two or three, whatever, somewhere in there. 
and uh, I got some comments from him. So zero key out of conference wins, but the Sun Belt, a really tough conference. A lot of former high major guys, including their star. So Eliel Nosemi, he's a 6'8 forward senior, started out of Cincinnati. I know this kid because he's from the Congo, but he grew up in Canada. So he played for a school called TRC Academy. I actually called a couple of his high school games. He looked like a man. He looked like a 25-year-old when he was 17. Dominant player, really good. Actually played pretty well at Cincy, but for whatever reason, just wanted out. Ended up at Georgia State. Uh, leads the team with 9.8 rebounds per game and 9.4 points per game. He was just outstanding in that final. He's one of the best defensive forwards in the country. Plays a little bigger than his 6'8 frame. He's a guy that maybe, you know, he can hang with 6'10, 6'11 guys in the paint. He's tough. He's he's rugged. He's going to block shots. He's going to disrupt shots. And so, um, yeah, Georgia State's one of those teams that, you know, under Ron Hunter has been in the tournament over the past decade. And they're always fun to watch. They've had a couple, you know, big wins. So we all know. They've got it in them, so hopefully we'll see. So their star guard, we talked about Nosami, he's the star forward. Corey Allen, 6'2", senior. He's uh, another six-year guy. Started out at Detroit Mercy for a couple years back in 2016, averaging 14.7 points per game. So they got dudes. Also, one of my guys, Joe Jones, the kid that I called uh, his games up at Orangeville Prep. No, Joe, really well. That's Greg Oden's little brother. Joe's my buddy. He's been dealing with some injuries, but uh, I tweeted at him congratulating him um, after uh, seeing them win. It's always cool seeing Joe just sitting on the bench, being there, and you know, getting to be a part of this. It'd be nice to see him playing, but uh, hopefully, uh, you know, his his feet heal. Uh, his feet heal. He's been dealing with some foot injuries, but uh, Joe's a really nice player, and uh, you'll enjoy watching him next year. So here's Rob Lanier after winning the Sun Belt Championship with a couple of his key guys on the panel with him. Well, this, this uh, I'm really happy for these guys, and it really is all about them. You know, to to the far right is Corey Allen. To my immediate right is uh, Kane Williams. To my left, Justin Roberts. And to the far left, Elielson Sammy. Um, hard fought game against a really good team. And, Hotly contested as a championship game, you would expect to be against a really well-coached team and a good man. And uh, we 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 developed some metal, and we showed that tonight. And uh, I'm I'm just really just proud of these guys that they've had this experience together. I'm glad that that I was able to be a part of it with them. And and uh, it's a great night. So there you go. There's a run through of the dozen or so teams that have already qualified for March Madness. Um, tonight, a bunch of more games on. The Patriot League final, Navy versus Colgate. I like Colgate in that, back-to-back. -back. Um, they got a couple couple big dudes uh, that can play. The MEAC tournament's on the go. Mountain West, SWAC, Conference USA, Big Sky all underway. So I'll recap those in the next couple days. So I've had a couple busy days. I went to check out the Canadian High School Championship Finals. I've traditionally done play-by-play -play for that over the past couple of years, but... Um, didn't get the call this year. They're doing all weird stuff with all COVID rules and which broadcasters can get in. And it was annoying. Either way, I just went to go watch. And I'm sitting courtside and uh, went to go interview a young man named Leonard Miller. He's the number one recruit coming out of high school in Canada. Plays for a school called Fort Erie's, you know, conference player of the year in, in where he played in high school. 6'10 guy. So I, I wrote an article. Go check him out on, on the website, Undrafted Free Agent. He's a clone of Darius Miles who was the number three overall pick back in the early 2000s, maybe even 2000. Love Darius's game, but um, that's what Leonard Miller is. And so I'm standing outside the dressing room waiting to talk to him, and I see a guy wearing Maryland gear and ended up chatting with him because he was there to talk to Leonard. So uh, Matt Brady, the assistant coach for Maryland, 
And uh, we both were sitting talking to Leonard at the same time. I did an interview. And so Matt says to me, hey, you know these kids pretty well. I said, yeah, you know, told them that I'm the Orangeville play-by-play guy. He goes, come sit with me. I want to ask you questions about some of these kids. So Matt and I ended up sitting there for six hours. We watched three entire games together, just talking hoops. It was uh, an enjoyable experience. I mean, now Maryland's in a bit of a... Uh, kerfuffle their coach quit earlier this year and no head coach so he doesn't even know does he have a job next year or what are they going to be kept on who knows but Danny Manning's taking over the reins in the interim but they're still out recruiting kids including Leonard Miller the you know top player coming out of Canada this kid's special he's uh, certainly a high high major guy and they've been talking about him as an NBA guy I don't think he's ready quite yet he's certainly got the physical tools to get there you know, big, long, dangly arms, 6'10 frame, could jump out the gym, could shoot the three, can attack the basket. And was one of the things I loved about him, watching him up close, he's very active defensively. He's not one of those hot shot kids that, uh, you know, wants to score and, and, and is what it is. But um, he, he wants to play defense as well and is very committed to it. So watch out for Leonard Miller. And also shout out to my guy, Matt Brady. Really enjoyed chatting hoops for six hours. And uh, we exchanged numbers. He sent me a text thanking me for all the information I provided him. So Pretty cool to see. Also coming up, I'm going to be doing the commentating for the BioSteel All-Canadian Weekend. So for you Americans, that's our McDonald's All-American game. I've done the commentating for their Futures game, which some of the, I mean, I've called in that Futures game over the past couple of years, Leonard Miller a couple of years ago, but uh, Josh Primo is now with San Antonio, played at Alabama. Zach Eady is now down at Purdue. Literally 30 different guys that are all playing NCAA. Olivier Maxens Prosper who was at Clemson, now Marquette, a whole bunch of guys. So I also do the dunk competition, three-point competition. It is amazing being around all these, you know, ridiculously talented young men and women. I'm doing the Girls Futures game this year as well, which I'm also excited about. So watch out for that April 2nd and 3rd. It hasn't been announced yet, but I'm giving you the sneak preview because uh, they booked me to do the broadcasting. So thanks for joining us here on the UndraftedFreeAgent.com mid-major podcast. Of course, check out the website. Follow me on Twitter, at Mr. McKee. Check out the socials. We're trying to build the Twitter, undrafted underscore FA, and the Instagram's going pretty well, undrafted underscore FA as well. Excuse me, I'm choking here. I've been talking for way too long. But uh, thanks for listening. Um, You know, one of the things I find funny is I went and tracked down all these coach interviews and – it seems that people would rather listen to me. The, we go look at the analytics. The, the episodes where it's just me talking gets way more downloads than any of these head coach interviews, which I've got. So for those unfamiliar, uh, over the past two weeks, we had Casey Alexander from Belmont, Scott Cross to Troy, uh, Richie Riley from South Alabama, Bashir Mason from Wagner, and, of course, Eric Henderson from South Dakota State. So five coach interviews you can go check out on the uh, previous episodes of the podcast. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back over the next week as well with more mid-major content. The UndraftedFreeAgent.com mid-major podcast with your host, Chris McKee. There's Samuel with the steal. Get your phones out. Tyree Samuel posterizes Alex Nawaga. Come on now. Lugans. Dort. Oh, my. Brzdikas with another steal. Spots up for three this time and drains it. Ignis Brzdikas. Electric first step. Blows by everyone. Kobe Elvis. He's got them all shook up. Keyshawn for three. And there it is. Keyshawn Bartholomew. You don't want to let him heat up. All day, Kyler Filowich. They can't stop him. Moncrief! Sneaks in the back door. Hammers it down. Matthew Alexander Moncrief. Ooh.